Hello, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us for another episode of Wolford Weekly, your EastEnders podcast recap. This week, we'll be talking about the episode that aired between the 26th and the 30th of October. And like a bad penny, he's returned. Rob is back. Hello, Rob. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. By popular demand, you are back with us on the podcast. Yeah, people have been really nice. I really enjoyed last week, so I am delighted to be back. We're delighted to have you back. Um, So uh, another week, very exciting. Uh, Not the Halloween week that we've been used to on EastEnders. Uh, No kind of spooky going-ons or parties where Billy can lose teeth and get himself drunk on medicinal alcohol. But um, at least it, I think, has been a good week. Yeah, no, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, a week of Billy not getting drunk, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll cope for a year without that (laughs) on a Halloween. You might be able to, but I certainly could not. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Talking about Halloween, I don't know if any of the listeners follow us on our Instagram, Twitter and our Facebook group. This week we posted a little game where you had to name the ghosts of the square and here was the clip in case you missed it. I'm like a little old bird that's fallen out of its nest. I'm like 85, you know. No, I'm 86. Oi, oi! In another few hours they're all going to be streaming, aren't they, all the punters? Wanting their halves of this and their pints of that and their nuts and crisps and hot dinners. Life goes on, didn't it, darling? That's what running a pub's all about. Even best friend's murder you made about you by running away to New Zealand. <laughs> right. Bet's you lot sorted out. Happy Halloween. And as promised, we will reveal the answers at the end of the podcast. Got any clues, Rob? Can you think of any of that they might be on there that you know? Yeah, I know a few of them. I think there's only uh, one or two that I didn't know. So I'm fairly confident that I've got at least five of them right. No, five, or si- five or six of them right, I think. I don't know who said Happy Halloween. And it took me far too long to work out uh, who the girl was saying about New Zealand. Far too long. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I mean, the clue is basically her slagging off her, and here's a big clue, her sister. So uh, yeah. anyone who's trying to work it out still, um, yeah, that's a that's a clue and a half. That's the past. Now let's look at the present. And we are talking about EastEnders from this week. So very excited. We're going to start off with the Bills, because why not? And Sharon. So uh, a big Yay. story, because Ian has been found out. But I mean, P- Peter knew what Ian was up to. But because of, as we said last week, of his allowance, and he didn't want to lose his little pocket money, <laughs> he decided to keep it a secret but it all came out in the wash after Ian eavesdropped Kathy uh, moaning about her date yeah we now know why they decided to give Ian with an eye his name because it gave them the perfect opportunity to do that little misunderstanding when uh, Kathy is talking about her date and saying how even Ian won't be treating me like that Ian walks in and jumps to the conclusion that Peter is busy telling Kathy about him remortgaging the calf uh, <laughs> so, I mean genius and I mean, I've got to say, I have no idea what Peter's game was this week. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he was, he was acting like kind of really weirdly. I think there was like when I was rewatching stuff to do all my notes and stuff this week, I didn't realise at first, but he is, he's just acting really weird with all of his family. For a start, he can't stop chatting up Kathy. Put me in a very uneasy situation. I mean, you know, who can blame him? Because she looks the same age as some of the girls that he was swiping on his app. Kathy is stunning. I mean, she, as I've said on previous podcasts, she could turn me. I mean, I would. Oh, absolutely. I would quite, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll fight you for her. I'll play a game of poker for her. Oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe I might put you up on that. <laughs> So, so Kathy chucks uh, Ian out of his own house with a brilliant line, by the way, when she's uh, saying that if if his nan could see him now, 
she'd be turning in her grave. That's if he hasn't remortgaged her grave as well. And then he spends the night at Sharon's, which I've got to be honest, is where I thought he was staying anyway. No, he left voluntarily Sharon's after him and Sharon had that rift because Sharon didn't reciprocate his love for her. Um, uh, so he moved back in then with his mum and his his children <laughs> into his second home. Yeah. When Peter gave out that false threat of, well, you better find somewhere to live then, hadn't you? I, I did instantly think, well, Ian's got plenty of places. He's got the flat above the fish and chip shop. He's got the pub. It's not like he's got, yeah. he's not spoiled for choice anyway. So I think Peter, Peter made a bit of a mistake there. Yeah, you know, like saying Peter saying happy house hunting. Oh well, that didn't take long, did it? Like you say, he's got about seven properties on the on the square that he could uh, quite happily move to. But yeah, so Ian is now sort of public enemy number one within the Beale family. I feel like a head wound is heading his way sometime soon. Right, I wanted to talk to you actually about how their Ian leaving the show was going to go about because obviously there's loads of ways there they could injure Ian but not kill him. I, I wondered if they were going to do a who shot Phil style Ian scenario and whether it does. I think everybody seems to think that's where this storyline is heading. So the fact that we've had no confirmation whatsoever that this is going on, but everybody viewer-wise seems to be convinced that that's where it's going, including me. Yeah. He's got a lot... If you were to do a suspect list now, it's a pretty long one. You know, he's annoyed a lot of people since the show's been back. You've got Sharon, who I'm still convinced knows now about his role in Denny's death. Yeah, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, the no. you you said last week about rewatching the scenes. I did rewatch the scenes. I took your advice, Rob, and I oh. I, had, <laughs> I listened to you. And uh, I watched I watched it when they had that conversation above the Vic, and you said about the the text message going off. And mm. um, you're absolutely right. The way that Sharon was portraying that scene. I mean, you could have looked at it either way, but knowing yeah. that that knowledge of what you've given me an idea of. Um, yeah. I mean, you could see in her eyes. I mean, Sharon is very much an eye actress as a like to say Letitia oh, yeah, Dean absolutely. she acts with her eyes and you could just see there was that narrow glint in her eye where I don't trust you Ian but yeah you've got Sharon um, Peter's clearly got issues with him Bobby's got issues with him Kathy's got issues with him Dottie's got issues with him uh, and I'm sure there's other Max has got issues with him you know it's there's a there's a long list of people that would quite happily I mean you know if you, you could probably discount Kathy straight away she's not going to do that to Ian I don't think I think Bobby's a bit obvious Peter seems to me would be prime suspect at the moment for all this potential whodunit that hasn't been confirmed yet. But yeah, I, I, I'm convinced that's where it's heading and I welcome it, you know, and it's a bit of a Kate Oates staple, you know, like we've said, she does, she did the same to Ken Barlow. Mm. She seems to quite like um, having a whodunit mystery with the sort of the longest leading character. But she did the, you know, the Ken stuff in Corrie was good stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. Was that Ken getting pushed down the stairs story? <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, well, I think what happened was that he got pushed down the stairs uh, and then I'm pretty sure that he got hit over the head of a book or something. I'm oh my not, goodness. I can't quite remember. Yeah, you know, because Ken likes books, so why wouldn't you kill him with what he what he likes? So is Ian um, going to get killed with a, a battered cod? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, he could get hit over the head with a frozen haddock. You never know. <laughs> a wet haddock. I mean, that kind of rules, uh, I think, Bobby out then because I don't think Bobby would want to be messing around with some stinky fish. Raw, raw fish, mm. yeah, no, I don't think you can uh, no matter how much you count and do your rituals you're not going to be able to get the germs <laughs> off a raw fish no um so talking about bobby actually he's setting up or has set up the lucy bill foundation he's got 
chairs for the uh, for the foundation now, or trustees for the foundation. He's chosen Sharon and Max. That's put Peter and Ian's backs out of joints a little bit, to the point that Peter actually confided in Dottie, and Dottie agreed with him that he that more people should be sympathising with him rather than with Bobby. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, you can kind of almost see where they're coming from in terms of Max, because you've got Sharon being a trustee. That's perfectly understandable. Long-term friend of the family. And then Max, who used to take Lucy to hotels, you know, I think, <laughs> I think there's a slight difference in trustee quality there, in my opinion. But, you know, who but, am I to comment? But Max seems to be the only one who's looking after Bobby at the moment. I mean, Peter, again, has seen... Well, in fact, he said that he's realised that Bobby's got this kind of compulsion to be clean and wanting to clean himself all the time, but doesn't feel like it's his problem, which I think is a real shame and horrible thing to say. I know. I mean, I, th- I, mean, I think we've got to remember, of course, that... We love Bobby now. You know, he's a great character now and we love watching him. We've got real sympathy for Bobby. You do also kind of have to remember that he did kill Peter's twin. Like we were saying last week, you know, there's been moments where they've sort of talked and seem to be getting on, but we haven't had that big Bobby and Peter conversation. There's still resentment there, you know, and Peter's always been one to hold a grudge, especially, you know, when it comes to his own family. I think there's still a long way to go with Peter and Bobby's relationship, which I'm prepared to sit here and watch because I'm enjoying it, but I want to see that built on. And I welcome, again, like you, I welcome this this long story between them. I I think it's a shame that perhaps Bobby feels as though he can't approach his father and his brother about the Lucy Bill Foundation. And I think it would be an in for him if he wanted to get a closer bond with them. I mean, you're right, Peter's always been one to not really want to be with his family. Um, but at the same time, there's something that seems to draw him back all the time, be it an allowance or a family member. And or it's a just, woman. Or a woman, yeah. And he has this opportunity again to regroup and maybe have this relationship with Bobby that is so long overdue. Um, mm. And I felt like the foundation was the way to do it. The foundation was the foundations that could have ah, brought them together. Okay. That's right. So, God, you're good. <laughs> God, you're good. I know, well, you know. I'm looking forward to Sharon's fundraiser, the karaoke night at the Vic. At least it's not <laughs> a quiz for a change. It's been a while since we've had like a big old event in the Vic, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I suppose, you know, we're not allowed to have big events in the pubs at the moment. Yeah, no, it should be good. It, it'd be nice to actually have Sharon do something where, you know, she's front and foremost at the Vic and have her moment as the new landlady because we've not really had that with Sharon yet we sort of accept Sharon in the Vic we need to have that sort of defining Sharon landlady moment and I think that might be a good opportunity to sort of put that in there watching classic EastEnders from 995 and Peggy's just got her she's just got the Vic from Sharon and and honestly some of the she's had three quiz nights in about as many days it's just (laughs) (laughs) and it makes you long for like these kind of events where they can kind of have lots of stories happening around the Vic yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's a shame I mean you know it's again it's not the show's fault at the moment because pubs aren't doing a huge amount mm. at the moment but it's it'll be i'm looking forward to when the vic can sort of be the front and foremost of the show again the catalyst where all the big events happen it's gonna be a little while yeah but yeah fingers crossed that's coming soon i hope so i mean i'm really worried about christmas time uh because the vic oh, is normally the christmas scenario but they filmed it so they must have done something uh about whether it's around the vic i'm not sure adam wood yet released a photo uh this week of him and letitia dean I, I, just, just dancing around the square legs out yep swinging, legs out. 
swinging their heels around, you know, they're having Classic a whale Sharon. of a time. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't, and she hasn't even got her running shoes on, so I think Sharon's got quite a still Christmas this year. <laughs> yes, no more running around for her. So next up then, we are looking at Sonia getting a present from and yet another present. I mean, she's the most, she's the luckiest nurse in the NHS. I did not understand a word of this storyline this week. I don't. <laughs> get what was going on so Sonia has apparently received a vintage car yes from a covid patient that she was looking after <laughs> yeah and then drives it around a bit whilst Whitney's you know. running behind her screaming <laughs> <laughs> and then Shirley has her eye on it steals it mm-hmm. and then persuades Grey not to report as in, like, to stick up for her when Sh- when Sonia quite rightly tries to report it to the police. Yeah. And then offers Grey a job working with Richie. Yeah, because Richie's got quite a workload on at the moment. Basically, everything to do with the Mitchells is, is too much for her. <laughs> too much for Richie. She needs a holiday. She does. She needs a break. You would need a break if you were a client with the Mitchells, let's be honest. Uh, uh, I did Valium. I need a break from the Mitchells on the show, to be perfectly yeah. fair. And, yeah, so now Grey has, or I think he accepted the job, now to work for the Mitchells which is really strange because it just seems to kind of forgotten his story which is Uh, that he's trying to recover from technically murdering his wife well not technically really well yes really (laughs) murdering his wife and covering it up proper murder yeah Yeah, exactly really strange you can't dishwasher your wife to death and and get away with it for long surely (laughs) it just seems unfathomable the whole thing was bizarre this week I didn't understand where they were going with it I don't understand why Shirley stole the car in the first place well she got jealous didn't she she got upset because she had that run well she had that run in with Mick because Mick yet again they kind of did the scene just to remind people who may have watched it last week that Mick's not very happy with his mum anymore because she put him into care so, oh, and that's doing my head in as well. Like, I feel like, I mean, I get it and I get why Mick's acting out like this. But at the same time, I sort of feel like we've done this with Mick and Shirley mm. like many times before. And I feel like they're not really covering any new ground with this. Well, that's why I said it's just the Dino story again. It's the 2.0 yeah. Dino and Mick story, um, which is why I've got this, the, the bath theory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should have tweeted it so I could have done like, one of those retweets saying this has aged very well. Um, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, Shirley felt embarrassed, then kind of offered Sonia the money. Sonia said no again in front of a pub full of people, felt more embarrassed. And so what does Shirley do when she's embarrassed? She steals a car, steals a car or just does something to kind of, kind of make a point. But it's the fact she stole the car and then just sold it and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> without and then, ex- and then expected Grey to be like, no, that's fine. I'll sort that for you. That's yeah. a problem. I mean, Lots that's a problem. risky game to play because like, what if Sonia said, no, I want my car back? It's not. Sur- I just. I don't understand where what that was this week. I was kind of looking at it, going, "Am I missing something really obvious here? Like, why is any of this happening?" Yeah, no, I didn't particularly understand it. But hey, you know, I think the whole. I mean, the only thing that I can think of in the most bizarre Shirley way mm. was that the whole thing was sort of a ploy to almost job interview Gray. Yeah. In a sort of Mitchell type situation where he's forced into something that he knows is illegal and he still manages to defend it. And then she can say, I've got a job for you. Because apparently it's up to Shirley who is representing Phil in court in the future. But I thought that Shirley had cut her ties with Phil. I thought that had all just been swept under the rug. There was no explanation no, 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 for we, it. But we, it get the, we get this. No, we've never seen anything that Shirley has ever done for Phil. Now and again, whenever Linda Henry needs a break, <laughs> Sharon, you know, Shirley will go off 
to Spain mm. to deal with some faceless gangsters, which we're sure she's quite capable of doing. It would be nice to sort of see Shirley as this sort of gangster's mole role. I don't know, it's very, very weird. And yeah, now apparently Grey works for Phil. Phil has no idea of this yet, I assume. <laughs> but it's, And these two have come to have clashed before. So it's very weird. The only way that I'm going to feel like this story is any way justified is if Richie is mainly behind bringing Grey down. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, that could be true, that, that they're setting up uh, Richie investigating Grey because maybe she feels a little bit jealous that Grey's kind of stepping on her territory, perhaps. Something yeah, like yeah. That. I, I'd love that. I would love that. I mean, that More does Richie. excite me. The excites, It excites me, the, the possibility of Richie having a storyline. A storyline? Yes. Yeah, that'd be her first one ever. And God, she deserves it. Yeah. Richie's a great character. Oh, I love fantastic. Richie. And I mean, we'll talk more about kind of Richie's role in this in the earlier part of this week in a bit. But mm. God, yeah, Richie just proved herself to be just this amazing character this week. She's not given enough credit, I don't think. It's always great whenever she turns up. If she's behind or even has a small role in bringing Grey down, because actually at the moment, I'm not sure how they're planning on doing that because at, f- at first it sort of seemed that Whitney was going to sort of step forward and I'm still not entirely convinced that that's not going to happen but it seemed that Whitney would you know be head and forefront of being instrumental in bringing Grey down in terms of you know he starts abusing her or whatever but it seems like they're sort of opening up more options in Grey's life so it brings in more characters who could potentially bring him down. Mm. They they seem to still be hinting at the Whitney and Grey thing. Did you find that this week yeah, they kept yeah. looking at each other and Whitney gave yeah, her a li- yeah, gave him yeah. a little wry smile when she was chasing the car? Oh, and... it's going to happen at some point because mm. Whitney can't resist that sort of thing. A tragic male and they can't resist giving Whitney, uh, let's be honest, an abuser in her life. So I think it's going to be, yeah, it's gonna that is going to happen at some point soon, I would imagine. Yeah, I think it's it, that's heading the way. So it, again, it's opening up the envelope for who will eventually find out about Grey. But I just, I just don't know why. Why are they not making more of the issue with Chantel? story i wish that there was more of an aftermath with it involve the tailors more involve the tailors because again there was just a passing reference that how was it staying with nanny and granddad uh this week and they just said oh they taught me to swear and it was like well would can i just say those kids have done nothing but grass people up to grace since they came into it. <laughs> How many times did they grass Chantel up? It's no wonder the poor woman ended up getting dishwashed. And now they and now they can't. They keep grassing up Karen and saying, "Oh, they did this, Daddy." Mm. It's like, but, but yeah. surprisingly, Grey kind of laughed. I, I was hard because if this was old Grey, this was Grey before Grey would have yeah. been like, "Oh, Karen, oh, I hate that family." Chantel, you want to stay well away from them. But this week, he was quite pleased that Karen was teaching them Greek swear words for for yeah. the future. I mean, I think it's more a case of he can sort of see that life is going on normally around them. You know, the kids... I mean, to be fair, in Grey's little world, his kids are now the only thing that really matter. When he was watching them play with Keegan in the square and was sort of keeping an eye on them. I'm not, you know, obviously saying that he's any particularly good father, obviously. But, you know, he his in his world, his kids need to be all right now. So I think as long as his kids are ticking along fine mm. and people are treating his kids right, he's, as far as he's concerned, has gotten away with it and he can live his life from here on in. It's fine if Grey is kind of settled down a little bit, but I just feel as though there, there would still be that repercussion and it just doesn't feel like they have given the right uh, grieving for no, Chantel's I mean the after, the aftermath's been pretty mm. weak to be fair. Because I mean, if you actually look at the at the Taylor side of things, ignoring Grey, the fact that you know Grey, um, Mitch and Karen have sort of had their moments. Keegan's had nothing. <laughs> Bernie has literally hugged a teddy, and that's all we've seen of Bernie's <laughs> grieving. Process. But then that's a big scene for Bernie. A huge scene. For yeah, Bernie. that's practically like a one hander for Bernie <laughs> in, in recent standards. <laughs> 
But yeah, I want to see more sort of aftermath with the Taylors, but I don't think we're going to get it. No. You know, I think that's sort of a thing with the show at the moment that aftermath doesn't seem to be high on the priority list, unfortunately. Sadly, but maybe they'll surprise. Maybe they'll surprise us. Time to move on then to the big story of the week. And that <laughs> is, <laughs> I knew you'd like this. It's the Slater versus the Panasars, instigated by Ruby. Um, Kush, his gambling habits gone very out of hand now. I love it. Oh, it's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers, <laughs> but I, I love it. I mean, the thing is, actually, with, with regards to Kush's gambling, I, I've seen a lot of people sort of saying, oh, this is unrealistic. How has he got this bad so quickly? Hmm. Um and yeah, I can I can see that viewpoint completely because it does sort of have a have a whiff of this week we're talking about gambling. I think on the other side of things, actually, if you want to give it its credit, all I can tell you is that this year, before all this pandemic stuff started, I went to a casino for the first time ever. I've never been to one before. And I went with my mate and I was there until about four o'clock in the morning and didn't understand roulette or anything like that. But then I got onto blackjack yeah. and I can appreciate that rush you get when you mm. start winning. If that is something that really grabs you, then I can understand how easy it is to get addicted to this. And we're supposed to, I think, be believing that Kush got into this sort of through lockdown, started getting into gambling and started doing all of this stuff through lockdown. And the Slater's money problems have sort of been continuing for the for months and months now. And Kush, I think because of everything that was happening with Gene, Kush has sort of been thrust into a status position that he's not, A, either really ready for, or be particularly wants. So his view is, a, is that I need to keep my family afloat. I need to... Because he's got nobody else around him. The Slaters are now Cushy's family. He's got all of the Slaters, all of the 1,700 kids that live there to, to look after. So I can <laughs> sort of understand why he's been put into this position. And clearly Cush has got a weak personality when it comes to addiction which any of us could have at any moment. Just before lockdown started, uh, I forget which kid it was now who's dyslexic. Um, Tommy. Yeah, I forgot all about this until Chris brought that up. I completely forgot about that yeah and he was the one who basically found out that tommy had dyslexia and comforted mm. him and looked after him because tommy felt like he couldn't tell anyone else about it and kush was the one mm. who investigated it and found out a way around it and so had the extra tutorage with isaac and yeah you're right so he's become this kind of very fatherly this almost like the nucleus of the whole slater family he's the mm. i suppose being the only male one there they kind of <laughs> need something to stick on to um and it's it's just such a shame though that they're doing this to Kush, though, knowing that perhaps this is rumoured a male suicide story. That's the only thing that's yes. worrying me about it, because it's it's not it's not fair on the Cassimis, first of all, because poor old Carmel. I just no, I, both children are dead. Yeah, I, no, that's that's unacceptable for poor Carmel. Absolutely, and it just feels. That feels out of character for Kush for me. Because I think that Kush has always been a very strong character. And I think that this gambling habit, I think, although would be very difficult for him to kind of spiral, get himself out of if it spirals out of control any further, more than it has this week. I just worry that perhaps... I don't think he would... He's always been a talker for me, and I don't think that he would have kept it bottled up the way he did. I mean... Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel that... I mean, you know, we're going into the territory there of, you know, dealing with male mental health again, mm. which, again, is a, is a massive Kate Oates staple, mm. which she does well, by the way. She, you know... Obviously, they had a uh, a male suicide storyline in Corrie, done very differently to how this appears to be going. Well, the one in um, Corrie was done very surprising, wasn't it? It was kind of a very surprising. Shock. As it, yeah, because 
obviously the po- the whole point of it was we had no idea he was feeling like this. Yeah. And then the suicide happens, and then you look back on some of the episodes in retrospect, and you can sort of see the signs that have very subtly been put in. Mm-hmm. So they did that extraordinarily well. And I think that if they are going down this route with Kush, which I really hope they're not, because I I want Kush to sort of have the potential to return, but I I have a feeling that's not what that's not what's going to happen. But you're talking about male health, mental health, and it's men are typically rubbish at this sort of thing you know and when you've got someone like martin as a best mate someone like martin i think is good for having a few drinks talking about women maybe event you know playing a few game of cards or whatever i don't i I know a lot has happened between martin and kush but i don't think that martin has the emotional maturity to deal with something like that and i think kush would probably be aware of that as well martin would feel the same way about kush you know are either of them that good at dealing with sort of emotions and all of that sort of thing. I think Kush would be better at it than Martin would, mm. but he needs someone to talk to about it. And again, you know, when you're being put into the position that Kush is in, a sort of forced patriarch of the family, of the Slater household, yeah. people are relying on him. The pressure is there and he can't appear to be weak in his in his eyes. And he's got all this external pressure coming from the Panasars, who again are feeding on weakness and feeding on um, his perchance for wanting to have a gamble and all of this sort of thing. So maybe that you know those pressures are there. It it's all the, all all of it's laid out for it to maybe go in this direction, mm. but we don't know where it's going. But yes, there is a great scene where Suki, well, the Panasars invite Kush to a poker night. Where under Ruby's supervision, I gasped when Ruby was on the laptop. Did you? I didn't see that oh, coming. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I didn't see that coming at all. It, it really surprised me that she was cheating and she was telling, or just giving nod of uh, encouragement to Suki to, you know, take the gamble. Yeah, I don't know how well because sometimes with this sort of thing on soaps, not just EastEnders, but on soaps as well. Yeah, I don't know how well the writers really know poker. I don't. From what we saw, Ruby had no idea what Suki had. You know, I've only played poker a couple of times, um, and I can't. I couldn't tell you how strong Kushi's hand was, but I feel that their plan would only work if Ruby could see both sets of cards, and it seemed like she could only see Kush's. Mm, I mean, I was surprised that she was able to give uh, an educated nod towards Suki to say, yes, <laughs> this is a good yeah. gamble. And it surprised me because Kush, although has lost money, has also made a lot of money. So he obviously knows the game of, of oh, poker. Yeah, well, he, he won £10,000, so clearly he's, 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 a, he's a reasonable player of the game. So, but why, would course, he gamble, Suki... so why would he because... gamble such a high amount is what surprised me. Well, again, I think it's just because he wanted to beat Suki. He knows what kind of pressures the Panasar's been putting on the Slayers for mm. quite a few months now. And again, he wanted to he, he wanted to appear the big man and, sa- and be the hero and save the family. But you can't play those sorts of games against Queen Suki. No, I'm afraid. that's not how that's not how life works. Suki is just amazing this week <laughs> i love her so much i she's... don't think i'm supposed to be loving her this much I oh i think, think you are i think you, oh, we, the show has been begging for a character like suki I for years and thank goodness her. i adore her so much mm. the i mean for a start she's getting mentioned in storylines that have really got nothing to do with her when yeah. honey was in hospital oh, i must ring suki <laughs> queen owns the square her and the Panasars need to be the centre of the square. They are mm. they are the new family. They are the new ones to watch. And I could see more family coming in. I could see them coming, you know, they could be there for 5, 10, 15 years. I really can. Yeah, and absolutely. I now, they it. need to... I think they need to focus on Suki because at the moment, yeah, she's great fun to watch. They have nailed, uh, with an amazing actress, they have nailed the sort of love to hate 
thing, which actually is quite tricky to get right sometimes. Mm. You know, sometimes you have a villain where you're just you're just annoyed by them, and it's kind of like, right, I'm bored of it. Yeah, I get it. You're you're mean. You're nasty. Rah rah rah. I don't care. But with Suki, you actually want to watch her and see how far she's going to go and see how ruthless she can be. I do think that they need to be careful of staying on that tone with her. I want yes. to see more facets to her personality. I want to see why she is the way she is. I want to see what makes her tick. I feel I feel that we are eventually going to uh, learn more about her. Surely this husband that's in prison yeah. is going to show his face at some point. And I feel that that's when we'll start to see some of Suki's vulnerabilities. We need to see that. I agree. I want to see more of Suki. Uh, I want to see uh, Suki cry. That's, that's that's. I want to see her be upset yeah. about something. Genuine upset. I mean, you've seen her show genuine remorse for what she's done with Jags but she's again Jags was mentioned this week he's in prison he's, he's lost, lost weight, weight. Yep, he's yep. lost weight they can't resist that can they <laughs> what a jive for the poor what guy poor, the poor actor like he's, he's been gone away oh he's still fat but he's lost weight yeah like, poor guy <laughs> he's there with his cousin no actually his cousin but you know they've got friends on the inside and they call him yes. cousin Danvere so I mean that's another character that could quite honestly come and be introduced I'm happy with it let's do it um but maybe she shows she showed her a little bit of vulnerability toward jags but she's mm. kind of just brushed it off now put on her best dress and gone back out again and then decided to ruin the slater's life and it just that's what i love about suki she she can have one minute you can feel like this compassion about her and it's always her family no one else matters in her world it's, it's always her family it's it's a staple with eastenders but it's almost a throwaway one and we joke about it we say oh it's family and family. It, 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 but, but with suki it feels right and it feels like it is it's no one else in this earth matters. If if no. you're not in her family, if you're not in her direct loop, then she does not care about you. Which which makes a brilliant character. Mm. And yeah, and, I, and yeah, and away from Suki, I want to see the rest of the Panasars develop a little bit. I, I was a bit confused with Kirat's role this week. The start of the week, he seemed really on the Slater's side, and by the end of the week, he was doing everything Mummy told him to. Well, um, until Stacy asked him to give do, yeah. give do a second favor, and I don't know if you saw Martin kind of went, "Oh, a favor, yeah. a second yeah, favor." Yeah, yeah. So that's obviously developing now. And Martin stood up to the Slaters on numerous occasions, and mm-hmm. went got into the poker game to stand up for Kush as well. So I think Ruby hasn't quite gotten into Martin yet. Uh, no, I mean you know tell. where it's you know where it's going to head from here. I I, I mean I I think that Martin and Stacey are going to end up falling into bed together at some point soon. Oh no! Which, oh, I think it's bound to happen at some point. You know, which will then intensify the uh, Ruby and Stacey thing. Bearing in mind, I, we're pretty sure that Stacey's going to be pregnant from Kirat's baby as well. So that's going to intensify that end of things. Probably even a who's the daddy thrown in there for good measure. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, yay. I mean, um, just talk about Karat because you mentioned him. Um, you didn't really know where he was going. I mean, I love the fact that he gave... He seems to give the women that he has loved or loves jobs. <laughs> like it's his way yeah. of showing his, his love to them. It's, yeah. his, it's his foreplay. <laughs> it is. It's like, would you like a job sitting at the desk <laughs> next to me? Come and join Look at me. this desk. We'll use this desk later. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, she's done it on numerous tables. Dot's kitchen table, you know. Stacey. Oh, she loves a table disaster. She she does like a rickety old table or a desk. Either or, she's happy. Either or. But um, I mean, I, I. 
I, I said last week, I'm loving the Corette and Stacey idea. I, last week I said I didn't really want them to develop it much rather than the, just being friends. Now they're kind of, the I, they've thrown the Martin dynamic in it straight away. Mm. I am actually more invested in the idea of having Corette and Stacey perhaps become more than friends now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where, I mean, I think what that will ultimately be is Kirat's way out of being on the Suku's thumb all the time. I think that's maybe where... Uh, we'll start to see him sort of branch out a bit. I mean, I get the feeling that he's always been the most independent of the family. So I think it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, similar with Vinny. I mean, I think that Vinny... I liked Vinny's relationship with Dottie, but that seems to have faded away slightly. So I'd like to see that come back. And I want to see more of Vinny as a character because I feel like we don't know Vinny that well yet. Yeah, I mean, Vinny and Dottie... Again, Dottie, we have now know, is a henchwoman for Ruby, delivering rats in letterboxes, giving her... And news. Dot- yeah. Dottie's role this week was literally just to go and t- <laughs> grass on people to Ruby. You know what, you know, Kush did. Dottie has really turned it around with Ruby because... When we last knew the relationship between Ruby and Dottie, it was that Dottie was still selling the gas canisters and Ruby was like, nope, had enough of this. No more of that. Yeah, that's true. When did Dottie get a job at the club? I don't know. She's just kind of got her feet back under the table again. Yeah, she's just there now employing cleaners. (laughs) And delivering rats. The only thing that gets me, and I was thinking about it after you mentioned it last week, that they both have such similarities and they Mm. share so many troubles and problems that they've had, you know, abused, they were abused, they were sexually attacked. It doesn't feel quite right for me that Ruby would be desperately trying to destroy Stacey and the Slater's lives the way that she is. Yeah, I mean, the Slater's were all pretty much quite supportive to Ruby uh, throughout the consent story. I mean, I've got to be honest, I prefer Ruby like this. You know, I think she's a lot more interesting and she's got that, She she's really good at the whole sort of ruthless thing and she's good when she's got uh, a rivalry to be getting on because I actually feel that Ruby has really got a place in the square now. Mm. You know, throughout the consent story, I sort of felt that Ruby was there just for that and didn't really have a huge amount to bounce off in terms of other characters that she could communicate with. Um, but now, you know, she owns the club and she's got the Panasars on her side, so she's building herself up in terms of status um, and being Johnny Allen's daughter. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's, it? She's Johnny Allen's daughter and she mentioned it again a couple of times this week. You know, my dad is this, my dad was that and I need to keep on that role. And it's mm. it's just the fact that she's done it so... I, I know, we're just repeating quickly. ourselves so quickly again. It's yeah, like she's, yeah, yeah. she's suddenly got henchwomen, she's got, you know, Dottie, <laughs> she's got... Yeah. She's trying to get Martin on her side. That's an interesting dynamic, the way she's trying to get Martin on her side, but Martin's not quite... You know, he's of his own mind still yeah well, that's what kind of makes me think that martin's gonna martin and stacy are gonna start getting back mm. together again because she hasn't got martin's full approval of anything that she's really doing yet mm. so i think that that's yeah i reckon that's probably where it's going i mean on the other side of things as well you know i reckon that ruby is quite disposable in suki's mind so i wonder oh, yeah. how long it'll be before suki starts going against ruby maybe trying to get hold of the club building up her property empire Definitely see a, a power struggle between uh, the Panasars and the Allens um, very mm. soon because there's only that it's a very loose alliance between them two. It's only for the purposes of d- just destroying and getting rid of the Slaters. And after that, I think there's going to be a proper war going on between them both, which in one hand worries me because it's a gangster story kind of again where you've got like two rival groups yeah. who want to have the power of the square but on the other hand it's never been done with two very powerful female characters and I love no, a female that's character that's exciting yeah and this is going to sound really sad as well but <laughs> they've both got offices do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And one of them's in the they've club. Both got those, they've both got those sorts of... Yeah, exactly, which is perfect. And then, you know, 
the Pasuki's office has that perfect sort of atmosphere where she can have secret meetings and all that sort of thing. So, mm. I yeah, I'd love to see that. Like a massive sort of Ruby versus Panasar empire rivalry. That would be fun. Um, and then, of course, on top of all of that, we also need to realise now that the Slaters are apparently homeless. Just in time for Christmas, which is... <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. You know, yeah. which is a Slater way. You know, if they're going to have a problem, <laughs> they're going to do it over Christmas. And, yeah, I mean, it, 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 Kat brought up the best point which is that they barely fit all their children in the house that they're in the social no. <laughs> social aren't going to be able to find a flat big enough for the whole slater family to be together again <laughs> no exactly so god knows where the slaters are going to go hmm. from here but do you think this is the slaters being written out because i know it's kush's out uh, obviously down the line it's going to be stacy's out because lacy turner is pregnant I mean, what happened the last time they were pre- they was they were homeless? I was going to say what happened the last time they were pregnant. What <laughs> happened the last time they were homeless? They barricaded themselves in the house, didn't they? That seems to be like the slater way to deal with things. Just sort of mm. stay firm and wait for the storm to die down. I mean, there's never been that many slaters in one building for a very long time. Probably not. That since house they... is the tardis. <laughs> it really is, and I don't think since the slaters were first introduced, I don't think there's been the family unit in one house together that way they've always had their kind of splintered off and done their own living arrangements i think that's kind of where they have to go from here they need to sort of because yeah the slates are great as a family unit and they're good for when they all need to meet up and sort of discuss the day's problems but yeah you're right i think they need to sort of splinter them off a little bit into different mm-hmm. relationships stacy's now single and can quite happily deal with all the with all the panasar stuff it's too quiet for me at the moment i want to see her being built up again and Jean is sort of there as well in the background and mo just walks on occasionally says something funny and walks off again oh my god i completely um, forgot mo's there mo mo's wasn't even in my well, mind yeah. No, Moe's there as well. So they've got a pensioner they need to look after as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be, yeah, I, 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 I want to know where they're going to go with it and deal with them. Mm. It's just such a shame. Again, another wasted talent, Jean. It's such a great character. Yeah, again, with Aftermath, you know, Suki, uh, the cancer story is sort of faded. I mean, not faded worse, but I don't think it was powerful as it should have been, maybe. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I mean, again, it's another story that kind of, fell away in the in 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 the wash lockdown, after fair, lockdown yeah. exactly you know jean yeah, was no, having this breakdown um and she was off her meds and then all yeah. of a sudden everything was back to normal again yeah um, no, that's true Right, so uh, another story, which I actually I liked this story a lot this week, especially Friday's episode, um, and that's the Honey and Jay, and obviously Lola was involved too, story, after Honey's date yes. with Paul. One thing that disappointed me a little bit was, yet again, another female character that has been attacked on the square. That's Kathy, Stacey, Ruby, <laughs> Honey. <laughs> we, can do a, we can do a podcast in itself. It we'll really is. Of- but I have to say, it was excellent. Um, the, mm. the scenes in the hospital on Friday with Honey and Jay were perfect uh, they were for my favourite scenes I have to be honest with you on Friday I did enjoy the Panasar gambling the, the casino uh, set up in Ruby's but for me it was all about the Honey and Jay relationship in the hospital yeah no it was interesting to see you know I was kind of feeling a little bit apprehensive about the whole Jay and Honey thing um, but it, they proved how well they worked together mm. on screen this week I think uh, yeah so Honey is at her date with Paul the Creepy I mean the actor was good at being creepy <laughs> he was you've, you've excellent got to have very good at being creepy he takes honey for a date at the restaurant and then honey goes to the loo and then he spikes her drink with a nice little musical sting over the top of it as well are you doing an incidental music moment (laughs) (laughs) to be fair it wasn't even it wasn't even music was it it was sort of just like an extra little amp of sound behind it 
Yeah, um, I think it was to almost, show the heightened reality of what Paul was doing. I, I feel think. like we don't... I mean, the whole point of like music and sound effects in the background is to sort of amplify a scene mm. and to sort of maybe steer us in the direction of how we're meant to feel when we watch that scene. And yeah. I don't feel like I need to be told particularly that it's a bad thing that he's spiking honey. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine you know if someone sat, sat at home thinking, oh, that's a nice thing oh, he's good doing. For it. Go yeah. on, lad, go on, lad. <laughs> I might do that tomorrow. <laughs> that's like a great idea. <laughs> Oh, you mean? Oh, I see the music. Oh, that's a bad thing to do. Oh, oh okay, I won't do it. I if won't only do I it. knew, I... I wouldn't have done it the last five times. Thank God for that. Thank God for the music. <laughs> no one's ever said that. <laughs> it is, yeah. And and to be fair, um, it was done very well, filmed very well. I like the little powder effect, like sort of disintegrating mm. in the glass. That was good. And then, yeah. So, honey, I think. I mean, I've never been spiked, so I wouldn't know what it feels like. But I feel that honey uh, showed the effects of that quite well because mm. sort of that sort of quick disintegration that you that you go through where everyone um, mistook it which i think is a commonplace I, I don't know exactly the drug he took but everyone mistook it for her being drunk you know sheree and isaac both said oh you're yeah. having a good time how do you much drink sheree, <laughs> sheree looked at it and was just like oh that's a great idea i'll get drunk too <laughs> i know i thought that too like when um jay was looking for for honey and she walked into the restaurant and sheree was like oh she had a bit to drink and i've got a bottle now too i've got a bottle <laughs> yeah i never thought about drinking but i I am now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um and then yeah and then i mean that, can we also talk about that little camera angle of jay going from square to restaurant did you notice that it was really it was oh really my well goodness the, the cut when you yeah. saw him going from the inside out yes i i Love again that. a fantastic the cinema the cinema photography cinematography the way, yeah. yeah the way it's been filmed yeah, yeah. i i really I, appreciate it yeah i've got to say i um if we're going to talk about that i really think it's only fair really to compliment eastenders Mm. on how amazing it looks at the moment because you would not know that these actors are socially distancing whatsoever you know there was a moment when during the slater story where you had cat gene and stacy sitting around the table not to you know they didn't look like they were socially distancing and Mm. you just wouldn't know you have your own opinions about the storylining and the writing and how um how it's all been done and executed but you cannot say that east dennis is looking bad at the moment they i mean they've had to be fair you know they've had um more time to think of tricks and sort of work around the walk around the distancing which the other soaps haven't had um but god they're way above the way the other soaps are looking at the moment it looks oh, amazing you're right and but you say they've had the time but let's be honest now it's been what two three months since eastenders returned other soaps mm. returned a bit earlier but they've you know they're still recording at the same kind of schedule now you know i de- i catch an episode of coronation street now and then and everyone seems to be stood far apart from each other yeah it's weird like some soaps will seem to be throwing these shots in where it looks like they're awkwardly far apart almost as if to say Mm. look it's all right we're all distancing it's all safe here (laughs) and these standards are kind of just like saying we know that these people these things have got to happen Mm. we know that that you know and we're i think viewers are being forgiving of what the soaps have had to deal with this year yeah EastEnders have just said, do you know what? No, if these two characters should be close together because they live together or they are in a relationship, then we're going to show that mm. in the best way that we can. And they have dealt with it perfectly. And the the cameras and the tricks that they've used have been fantastic. So 10 out of 10, as far as I'm concerned for that. Completely. Uh, there's a, some argument there to say that EastEnders, it should be their responsibility perhaps to show that it's COVID and that perhaps they shouldn't. But for me, I don't know. I just... I think that we're watching fiction. We're watching a soap. We know it's a soap. It's heightened reality. Yeah, it's it's over it the top. Is. It's silly. Um, yeah. Sometimes we criticise it. Sometimes we, we laugh along with it. But yeah. 
for me, I don't want to be reminded all the time that I'm in a COVID situation. The middle I, of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, I can see people wearing masks all day long at work, you know, when I go out with yeah. a house for yeah. five seconds. Yeah. I see it literally as I step step onto my, do- you know, onto the doorstep. I don't need to see that on the soap. It's the fact that they don't mention it very often either. I mean, no, other soaps I mean, mention it, but EastEnders don't seem to. No, exactly. And I think that the way EastEnders have done it is sort of worked it into some of their storylines in a really subtle way. Like, you know, mm. Bobby with his OCD and being scared of the pandemic. Mm. Mm. that totally works for his character and then all the other characters are sort of you know the slaters you could totally concede they would have had problems during lockdown ian having bought the pub would have had problems during lockdown they've worked that in really really well so it's almost like the effects of the pandemic are there but we don't need to see two characters talking in a mask to say the pandemic is here in walford too very well put. Exactly it. Spot on. But let's go back to Jay. Uh, yeah, back to Jay. Back Jay, Jay, Jay and Honey. Let's, let's give them <laughs> their time because, uh, yeah. because it was a wonderful um, story with them as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's, I, I've got to be honest, it took me a little while to sort of understand where Jay was coming from in the hospital. I was a bit confused as to why he was trying to hint to Honey that she doesn't have to report it until they sort of had that big moment at the end of the episode where Jay was saying, it's because I was worried about you. I don't want, I want, effectively, he was worried about her mental health. That's it. She Because she's she's got a history. She can lose control. She feels as though she's got no control in the situation she's in. She showed it when COVID first happened and Jay says she saw it in her face. Jay could see that happening again while she was recovering in, in the hospital bed. And I thought it was a really sweet moment, actually for Jay because he stood up for her and said she never drinks like the way she does it was her decision and not the policeman's decision yeah and also Jay got a duff duff this week that doesn't happen very often I love a Jay duff duff I mean a juff duff a juff duff a juff (laughs) duff he um I have to say I've never I've never championed Jay I'll be honest and and (gasps) I'm sorry Uh, I resign (laughs) fair enough he I've always, when he was younger, I really enjoyed him. And as he got older, he was forgotten by me. And he had glimpses of mo- and moments, but it was never enough. And then he had that story where he, well, he almost had that story where he was dating uh, the Stop. prostitute who was going to buy the chair from him. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was a really good story, but I they never went anything that. with it, which, which which I was such a shame because I thought that'd be a really interesting story to, to go down with, but they they just forgot about it. And then he, they got back together with Lola, and again, you know, I'd, uh, Lola and Jay, fine, whatever. This has really changed my view of him, and I go to show how wrong I was because him and Honey are fantastic, and they work so well, the actors together, and they just yeah. play it so nicely. I mean, I've got to be honest with Jay. I, I've i always actually shipped a uh, relationship with Whitney with him. And it's not anything they've ever really hinted towards. I just think the two characters would work really well together. I think mm. they'd be a good couple. Um, but the thing is with Jay, you know, it's easy to forget what a decent human being he is. You know, he has always, throughout everything that's ever been thrown at him via the Mitchell dramas or Ben particularly or anything like that, he's always been sort of, the most decent one of the one of the most decent human beings on the square mm. um and nothing better was shown with that as how we dealt with honey in hospital this week yeah yeah completely he he i don't know i just he's got such a kind heart and i think him and honey when there was hints 
there was going to be a Jane Honey story. I was I was on board with it, but having seen this week, I'm uh, I'm completely on it. I would you ship them. I ship them a hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> that term. I just you stan. I I oh my goodness, the stan in this room right now. It's just ridiculous. Oh, Stan is sat there in his chair. <laughs> he yes. doesn't know what to do with himself. No. And it yeah. So I'm very excited to see it. I and I am actually very excited to see the way because Billy. There was a hint of Billy this week as well, inquiring mm. about the date with Paul and you know what does she know about him and i know next week i think billy gets involved a little bit more yeah my only issue my literally my only issue with this whole honey and jay thing is i i do i do struggle with whether jay would do this to billy that's mm. my only that's my only kind of issue with it um but apart from that you know go to town why not because jay it just it gives jason screen time and he doesn't get that often enough so bring yeah. it on iso you say quite rightly jay wouldn't do that to billy but you don't say that jay wouldn't do that to lola <laughs> Like, no one really cares about Lola. She Lola's, deserves it. Screw yeah, her. She does, to be fair. She, you know, she made she her does. own bed she's when she che- slept with Peter. Che- well, she, I was going to say, she's cheated on him already. Yeah. So when's that When's that going to come out? I, well, I'm presumably what's going to happen is she's going to find out about that. Mm. And then oh, Jay's going to find out about that. And then that's going to push Jay and Honey together, presumably. Because mm. I'm sure Billy will say something else stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, he'll be an- and they'll both be annoyed with him. And then that will just happen. But if, if it does come out and Jay does get together with Honey and, you know, you just know that Lola will basically be like, it's all Jay's fault. The whole relationship is all about what Jay did this and Jay did that. When in actual yeah. fact, I think it's pretty much been 100% Lola's fault in one way or another that their relationship would have been broken down to this point. That said... If Jay is now, to quote Lola, going to have a bit of honey, he's now going to want the whole pot. Uh, and um, I don't, th- there is absolutely no way that if Honey and Jay do have a thing, there is zero chance that Honey and Billy will reconcile. Because why the hell would you? No. Oh, but, but Billy's with Karen. Oh, yeah, but that's not going to last. Her uh, and Mitch are going to get back together, aren't they? Oh, but um, no. I like the oh, Karen know, and but oh. oh, I like it as well. And I think they work well as a pair. But what I mean is. Billy is one of the most useless human beings to ever walk, to ever walk the earth. Decent bloke, but he's he's so useless and rubbish, mm. and just and yeah, it's endearing to a point. But he went and had sex with a lesbian. That's how rubbish <laughs> Billy is, you know. I mean, he, there's a lot on Tina for that as well, though. To be fair. <laughs> There's no way, you know, if once you've got a taste of Jay, then you ain't going, you ain't going back to someone like Billy. Okay. <laughs> in my opinion. I was going to say, is that from personal experience there, Rob? Yes, yes, um, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Me and Jay have m- many years of history. Right, so <laughs> final story of the week then. And uh, it's, of course, the adoption of Raymond done in super quick time. Richie uh, had all the paperwork ready. All they needed to do was set up the situation where they could trick Ellie into handing over Raymond without Phil having to pay a penny to her. And he succeeded by planting drugs in one of her many houses. Many houses. Apparently she owns millions of properties around London. Like any gangster. That's the way... <laughs> like Suki. Like Suki, exactly. That's what, how the Panasars want to grow, isn't it? That's there how they go. first came in. They wanted She to... should have learned from Suki. Then <laughs> Phil wouldn't have destroyed her. She's gone. Didn't I mean, I didn't think it would be that. I knew we said last week that I'm sure she's probably not meant for much development. But my God, I didn't think it'd be, I didn't think it'd be that quick. It was the re- next episode. <laughs> it was lightning fast. She, yeah, she just came on. She had the scene, signed the paperwork and she, she was gone. She was shipped off. Um, what a borrow pen. Love that. That made me laugh. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, again, it's. The publicity team built built up this character to be this the most dangerous woman. There was quotes saying the directors and the producers who worked on scenes between Ellie and any of the characters, they got chills when the scenes were being recorded and filmed. And, you know, this character had all this potential and she 
basically just gone. left. Yeah, just left on like a like a wet fart. You know, it's just yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, oh, yeah, it's a it's a great shame because I think that Ellie had has potential. I thought Mika Paris was more than capable, uh, and I hope we see her back actually because actually I don't think that she seems to be the sort of woman who's going to let that rest. No, you're right. I think that Ellie Surely. has to come back because they can't just leave. I mean, first of all, the legal process of getting Raymond. He's essentially going into a stranger's house. I know that it's biological. That's Denise's son. But, you know, Raymond spent no time with Denise. And all of a sudden, out of the car, <laughs> Raymond's yeah. like, hello. And Denise is like, shall <laughs> we go inside Richie, and have some ice cream? Richie, <laughs> Richie literally just kind of, I don't do paperwork. Kid, get out. <laughs> yeah, I love I Richie. <laughs> love Richie so much. That's me with kids. I can't be asked with them either. Fair play. <laughs> I mean, you know, Richie's, Richie's got lots of work to do. Hence why she needs she's got uh, paperwork. She's yeah, paperwork she's, got, to she's do. got far too much to do. She's got, she's got no time to introduce a child to a complete stranger. Uh, but, <sighs> but Phil watched on, started crying, which is a very, yeah. not very Phil. Rare. And uh, basically made a promise to his family that he's now going to get Raymond off of Denise. So now the my process boy. begins. Gonna get him back. He's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I mean, where? Yeah. So that's now gonna set into motion a long chain of Phil and legal issues and all that kind of thing. Which actually maybe is where is where Gray's gonna get his first job straight away. Perhaps do you think? I think it is. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you say legal issues, but what legal issues were there other than a contract that kind of got swept under Ellie's nose, which she signed, <laughs> and then that was it. The, the, the child is Denise's. Oh, it was complete nonsense. But at the same time, I. <laughs> you know fine we knew this kid was going to was going to sort of be on the square eventually oh and we also should mention the fact that Jack and Denise are have now broken up oh yes we should mention that um because Jack has troubles oh, well. of his own with his with his daughter Amy who is turning into a little Roxy uh, yes she's... Ro- yeah Amy has started slamming doors at home <laughs> and is arguing back and is not wearing her uniform properly mm. she's a proper wild child that one she will be a coke addict within a month according <laughs> to Jack I know I'm just waiting for the bullying story to begin where she started yeah. bullying a kid at school um, no that'll be lily's i'm telling you now amy ain't gonna be bullying anyone it's gonna be lily that's gonna be beating up people randomly oh i mean i mean ellie and not ellie <laughs> lily and amy <laughs> they're the same thing lily and ellie i tell you they have the same level of evilness <laughs> but amy and lily could be the new you know the new bullies remember the bullies who bullied bex you know oh, watch out for candles <laughs> I know. Don't be don't be lighting candles around them. No, or, or wearing anything flammable from Chris's stories. And enough trouble already. Absolutely not. Yeah, God knows. You need that. <laughs> so Jack and Denise have mutually broken up um, on the agreement that they both have their own problems to solve. And so <laughs> instead of doing it together in a in a in a family way, they're going to do it on their own individually. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Like Jack just doesn't. I don't get. I I, I mean, bless him. He's just so. I don't understand his mindset whatsoever. He mm. was terrified that Amy is going to turn into some wild child because she's being a teenager and is <laughs> arguing a bit with her dad and refusing to wear her school uniform properly. Where does he get the fact that he's suddenly so terrified that she's turning into Roxy? Last week he said about not being involved with the Mitchells. Now if he's worried that his daughter's becoming a Mitchell, it's... It seems a bit counter, but it's, it's like he's uh, bolted now the horse, you know, it's just, it's, it's happened. Yeah, yeah. He's had sex with the Mitchells on numerous Several occasions. Times, yeah, yeah he, he can't change the past. He's It's because he kept palming off Amy to, to nannies yeah. his whole life. And now he's oh, had... Oh, now you care. Yeah, now, now he's got to show a degree of responsibility. <laughs> just, 
Big, bring back Ingrid. I mean, she left in a black cab. Poor old oh, Keanu. God, yeah. You know, Poor Ingrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, if it, see, it's all Ingrid's fault. This. If she hadn't have left, none of this would be happening. We should say also that Phil has paid Isaac to spy on Denise, and the first thing Isaac did with the money was buy Peter and tell Denise that he's spying on her. <laughs> what is going on with Isaac? Why was he asleep on a bench when he was supposed to be in the classroom? I don't know. Sure, he was like, oh yeah, the kids kids kept us awake all night. Isaac will be falling asleep in his classroom. No, Isaac is in fact lying on Arthur's bench (laughs) in the middle of the square. Although, because I don't, I'm not entirely convinced he he didn't smoke that weed. I know, (laughs) like, you know, and I I don't know, Isaac's a weird one. I don't really, I'm not quite sure where they're going with him. I, I feel like there's stuff going on that we're not seeing with Isaac yet. Phil gave him a lot of money and pizza don't cost that much, even in London. No, that's true. That's true. It was. It seemed like a generic brand as well, like Domino's or Pizza Hut. So it's you know, yeah. it's, he's probably got a voucher Stuff fifty crust, percent though. off. Stuff, Stuff well, crust, extra pepperoni, ah, um, <laughs> and and <laughs> and wings. So maybe well, it does. I don't know. But I did like the fact that Cherie and Isaac have both decided to become a support unit for Denise. It. it yeah, it, no, that's nice. I mm. like Cherie a lot. Um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to Patrick coming back so that they can sort of continue the Isaac and Patrick story because I feel like that's very much on pause at the moment until Patrick returns. Yeah, Patrick's still in a care unit or a nursing home or something, isn't he, if memory serves me right? I think so. Has he Mm. still got COVID? They don't mention him, so we're not... We we don't know how Patrick's doing it. Patrick could have died for all we know. We we have no idea. You'll just see one day a a statue of a hat erected in the middle of the square (laughs) gardens. Yeah. (laughs) Patrick sadly died last night. Isaac, yeah, Isaac just kind of asleep on top of it. <laughs> yeah, leaning on it asleep. Yeah, so Phil's going to be getting his kid Raymond back soon under the assumption that he's going to fight it out with hopefully Grey, I guess. We shall see. Anyway, that, yeah, we'll see. That's, that's, all the, that's the week again. We've done it. Good week. Good week. Uh, but i tell you what other people are thinking and I shall read out the comments right now on I Ain't Want to Gossip. you know me i ain't one to gossip so this is the part of the show where we read out your tweets your comments on instagram and our facebook group don't forget you can follow us on all three of those just search wolford weekly podcast Uh, but before we carry on with that as i said i'm going to reveal the answers now to our little game that we played where the ghosts of wolford all came out this halloween look at me building it up really making it atmospheric this is good this is good (laughs) this is a better halloween than wolford had i'm telling you now we're we're acknowledging that it happened that's the main thing uh so uh little video as you want to hear it again you can listen to it on our twitter our facebook and our instagram the eight ghosts there were eight ghosts and they were peggy mitchell ethel skinner got that Pete Bill. Kind of didn't get that. He was the oi oi. Oi oi. (laughs) (laughs) Angie Watts. Yeah. Abby Branning. Yes. Embarrassing. Yes. That that was the the hint sister, you see. Frank Butcher. Frank Butcher's laugh when he's on the doorstep to Pat naked. Yeah. Lou Bill. Uh, Yeah. And the final one was Nick Cotton. Oh, of course it was when he turns up on Dot's doorstep. Hello, Ma. Happy Halloween. That's yes. it. Yeah. Oh, and I, uh, I couldn't waste the occasion without having a nice happy Halloween at the end of it. So call myself a fan. <laughs> I know. Rubbish. Uh, let us know how you guys got on as well. Whether you got all eight uh, or maybe you got one or two. Just let us know. But some comments this week then about the show. First of all, we got one from Sydney on our Facebook that says, I love Honey and Jay, but as friends, please, not together. Kush has just been annoying for me this week and it doesn't seem very believable. However, I do know what Suki is saying. He's always devoted to his family and Arthur. So why would he risk gambling the house away? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, I think, like, like we said earlier, I think it's just, I think it's the pressures that are building up on Kush, and I think he needs to try, and, he sees it as his responsibility to keep the, the house afloat, and he's trying to save them from the evil Panasars. Mm. Uh, more comments about, actually, a lot of people talked about Kush's storyline this week, which is fantastic. On Twitter, yeah, at Lizzie3001 says, it feels a little bit cobbled together following lockdown. I feel it's trying to show it could happen to anyone, this is the gambling, but I'm finding it a really big jump for Kush's character. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't find it a jump for Kush's character because, again, I, I think he, I think he showed they they hinted at gambling. I'm sure just before lockdown happened, and it makes sense for him, to, as you say, to infest in it because of lockdown. Mm. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. As, as I said, the aftermath of it is what I'm more worried about than anything else. As long yeah, as it's that's done, always, that's always a worry. Yeah, <laughs> as long as it's done tastefully and it's not done too ott I'm well just... like kush committing suicide you mean <laughs> well, no that's yeah but what, that's what i mean it's for him to do it that way i think that gene's involvement should be more i mean i feel like gene would spot the signs if that's the storyline they're going oh yeah with. no absolutely i think gene is sort of the mental health advocate of walford in a lot of ways mm. um and i also feel that you know as they've announced kush's exit so early he's not leaving until next year i don't think they can drag the gambling thing out until then yeah so i almost wonder if that's not where this particular aspect of the story is heading i don't know maybe there's more to come but then again it, i mm. worry that perhaps it was a bit of a decoy and that actually kush's end is much sooner than we think maybe maybe uh kate at katie phipps on twitter thinks it was very realistic the story he slid into the situation slowly over lockdown and now he's in too deep and can't see how bad the problem is i really can see him spiraling more into debt and eventually taking his own life i hope not i really hope not i mean again they did attempted suicide with bex uh when they did the time yes my only thing with um sort of suicides and attempted storylines is now and again they'll throw it in as sort of like a melodramatic point of which a character has reached towards the climax of their storyline and you know i mean they'll do like a failed suicide attempt that doesn't really mean anything they're in hospital for a night and then they're back on the square the next day Mm. so i feel like if you're going to go down a suicide route with characters you need to be careful about doing stuff like that in the future because it sort of cheapens it uh, Chris Murphy on Twitter has said about the Shirley story that I hate to sound heartless, but Mick needs to get over Shirley. Yeah, I'm kind of inclined to agree. I didn't, I don't, I think it's just the fact that, you know, like I said, we've we've seen this stuff with Mick and Shirley before. Like, they're not covering any particular new ground. I get why Mick is kicking off mm. again, but I, uh, meh. And also, it seems to be pushing Max and Linda together, which I'm really not a fan of. Oh, oh my God, we didn't even talk about we didn't that. We didn't even when, talk about that. Oh yeah. my God, Linda working in the, ca- in the restaurant and Max and flirting and, giving, and having uh, new nippy new nippy she got <laughs> new lipstick yeah and Mick going off on one as well of course we didn't talk about this I mean, Mick going off on one when Linda suggested he had a job at the Alper he's yeah. like well I'll get my own job it's like alright Mick not unreasonable <laughs> no it's not really you need to earn a living Mick uh, yeah. we're going to end the podcast then with this final comment from Oliver Wilson who quite rightly says after watching the episode did anyone think I wonder if ketchup and a cornetto taste really good together <laughs> she was putting on it at first like Rainey's one scene throughout the past <laughs> fortnight <laughs> just walks out of the walks out of the minute mark and just dobs a load of ketchup on top of a cornetto and eats it what mm. baby wants baby gets and Stuart nods approvingly yeah I mean I did enjoy yeah. Stuart I love I do like Stuart and Rainey's story I, I, I just, just want them to be dark yeah. I it's love so mad yeah it's so mad to see where Stuart started yeah and where he is now but then Billy was the same that's true Billy, that's Billy, Billy was a nutter when he first came in 
in, and now he is the useless human being we see every week. <laughs> so um, I don't, you know, I, I, I mean, Stuart works as a comedy character, but I feel like they're going too far down that route now for him to sort of go back when story opportunities come. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I, I don't mean, know, we'll see. It's just that Rainey and Stuart were put together as both very evil. Uh, I yeah. mean, Stuart was abusing uh, Rainey at, at first. And it's just, I, yeah. yeah, and it's just, I don't know. I just, it feels like a complete it's, 180 it's, with them. It's so nuts. I mean, I like them together. I think they work really well together. And I love that sort of, that raw, almost raw sexuality they have for each other. They're obsessed with each other, mm. you know. And I like that about them. I just think that it's, yeah, where do you go with them from here? Because actually the pair of them have the potential to be really messy human beings. Yeah. And I want to see them, I want to see that. I'm not necessarily with Tanya relapsing or anything like that. Maybe Stuart relapsing might be interesting. Oh yeah, maybe. And, Ra- and Rainey pulling him through an addiction story. That might be fun to, well, if I say fun, you know what I mean? That might be good to watch. <laughs> yeah, that'd be exciting. But that'd no, I, I agree. I do agree with you. I, I, I did have this whole kind of serial killer murder couple in my head, um, which yeah. I really loved the idea. Of. And I know it would basically ultimately end their story. Um, yeah, once that I, story I'm pretty happened. sure you didn't expect them to be working at the funeral parlour when you came. <laughs> No, that idea, did you? no or, or or having a wedding in a hearst or eating cornettos and ketchup you know i just no. thought it's 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 taking a completely different path we'll see we'll see what we'll happens see. we can't we'll we can't predict the future not just yet anyway lovely thank you again to everyone who got in touch with us as i always say don't forget to get in touch with us on our twitter instagram and our facebook group uh if you're listening to us on youtube please give us a thumbs up and don't forget to comment below and also subscribe everything helps us out and and you can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or any of your favourite podcast apps. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Rob. A great Thank show you yet again. Much. It's been Thank brilliant. You. Loved it. Can't wait to do it again next week. <laughs> oh, yep, absolutely. We'll be back here next week for you all to enjoy it. So thank you again for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. That was a gratuitous link, wasn't it? I had no idea that you had June Brown actually here doing that every week. You know, just locked in a cupboard. But nice of you to keep her fed I know. and cigaretted. Yeah. yeah, she gets her 20 every day. She's fine. <laughs> Although she's made, beginning to make our, our clothes stink a little bit. We're getting people talking. You uh, know. I'd open a window. <laughs> right. <laughs>